The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world, coming to you live from the locker room where the Phillies have just gone to the World Series. Jake here walking around the madness that is the locker room. Let's see if we can get an answer from one of these Phillies. We did not get an answer from one of these Phillies. Hello, everybody. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. We are coming to you the morning after the Philadelphia Phillies sent themselves to the World Series. The Houston Astros did too, but it was significantly less cool. We'll get to that in a bit. Jordan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. You know, I realized as I was falling asleep last night that we don't have to record first thing in the morning. We got four whole days of Jay Chillin' No October Baseball, but no, we want to deliver a podcast to you fine listeners as soon as possible. And that is why we are here before Jake returns to New York and we try to figure out what we're going to do until Friday. I'm very excited to be here and hear about the the Philadelphia Phillies uh, going to the World Series and you you were there IRL to, to witness it. We're going to start with the NL, uh, the NL champs, and we will spend the second half of the show uh, mourning so uh, tragically the New York Yankees 2022 season and celebrating the Astros because we just we just love them. Uh, but let's start with the Phillies, Jake, because this was a much well, more joyful. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It was a much more joyful pursuit. But before we begin, Jordan, just like, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I uh, I got to say uh, it. I do like when both teams clinch on the same day. I don't know how often that happens, but it clinched their trip to the World Series. Even with the the, the multiple off days we are now going to um, uh, kind of sit through over this week, it does it does set it up in a much a much very cool and even sense, and and that that was was a cool uh, feature of this October, I would say. But it is kind of weird to just kind of be here at the at the end of the season, um, and and yeah, that part I'm kind of I'm kind of dealing with as we all do every October. I have to say, as someone who is is covering the entire month for the first time, being at these games, I am a little excited for the break that is upcoming for some sleep. You can hear my voice right now. I would love for it to sound normal again. And so to, I, I'm amped that everyone clinched early, two to three days of napping, and then give me a seven game like blowout, raucous, absurd World Series. Yes, no, I agree. And, and listen, this is not something that normal people care about, but I think people can at least understand the sentiment of general media feeling yesterday in Philadelphia. Ooh, it would be really cool if we didn't have to go back to San Diego and cover another game tomorrow. <laughs> not that, listen, listen, we're looking at these jobs. We all know that. But it was it was definitely a, a version of that. And Bryce Harper, uh, he delivered for you. Well, that's the thing is like, I never want to complain ever, ever at all, even a little bit. But Harper complained in the post game. I don't know if you heard him say this, but he said, 
I really didn't want to get on that plane to San Diego and take a five and a half hour flight. I did not want to go back there and play and before immediately before the game tomorrow. and play immediately. And before the game, Blake Snell was like, yeah, the pressure's on them. They don't want to go back to San Diego. And like the narrative just somehow became like no one wants to visit San Diego, which is the most bizarre backwards <laughs> idea. But I guess it did kind of make sense. But oh, thankfully, we do not. You have to go back to San Diego. Well, I was going to say, we, we just had this last year when we were covering the World Series, um, thinking Atlanta was going to get it done. Uh, and then very quickly in game five in Atlanta, it was like, going back to Houston. All right. <laughs> but there was, uh, I believe, a travel day in there. So that was a little bit different than fully cross country um, and with time zones and everything. So anyway, uh, let's get to the baseball. Yes, the Phillies are your champions. Uh, that, I guess, is a spoiler if you're really just tuning into this and weren't paying attention for the last 12 hours. But the Phillies did Yo, win. Yo, I, I had it on TiVo. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, but the Phillies did win. And, you know, we, we have three, three games happened since we last talked here on the Barbacast. So we're not going to go too deep on them. But let's do spark notes for, for three and four, uh, which, of course, you were at. Um, I mean, game three was the Gene Segura game, which as, as a longtime Gene Segura fan, and we'll talk about him a lot more, you know, going into the World Series, but what a what a time. What a time, of course, the guy with with the most career games without a postseason appearance, but a guy with a, a great career. Sure, he bounced around a bunch of teams because he didn't exactly get along with his teammates all the time, but when you're winning, when you're in the postseason, and when you're doing cool shit, uh, more, mostly more cool shit than, than goofy, dumb shit, uh, he's coming out net negative, net positive, barely. <laughs> um, he, uh, people, people love him. People love Gene Segura right now. Did you see the quote after that game? Someone asked him about playing in the postseason, and he was like, "Oh, compared to the Dominican, like it's nothing. They try like people threaten to yes. kill you all the time." Yes, I will. Let, let me. I actually do want to get that that quote right because it was it was very notable. Here, I have it in front of me. Okay, I have yeah, it in front ahead. of me. Here we go. I'm from the uh, I'm from the Dominican. We play a lot of baseball in the backyard. From where I'm from, we play too much baseball. There were people around us with machetes all the time when we bat at the games. It's just the way we handle the pressure in the Dominican Republic. Even when we play winter ball, we've got people in the stands. Hey, when you get out, we're going to kill you. We're going to do something bad to you. It's just the way we play the game down there. Compared to here, when you come from where I'm from, it's a completely different type of game. I think the pressure when you come from the DR, it's nothing. Amazing. And I do want to say that that quote does come across as extremely concerning if you don't totally know the context. Like, I would assume, I didn't see him say this, but I assume that he was not, like, saying it with an extreme giant, you know, look of fear and and, and anguish. Uh, it's just kind of, you, we've seen quotes like this before. And as big fans of Winter Ball, like, we know this is kind of how they treat it, um, even if it's a bit of exaggeration. So it's totally true. He's ready for it. He's not phased by it. But it's hilarious, right? Because he had his he when he got picked off, he made a ridiculous error that he said after the game. I've made that play ten thousand times, and then he had some some more big hits because Gene Gene he's the hit machine. All right, game four was the bullpen bloodbath, a pitching matchup for the age between <laughs> a Bailey pitching Falter, matchup for the inning, a pitching matchup for the inning. Bailey Falter lasted two outs. Not and bad. Mike Clevenger allowed four, run, uh, allowed four runs. And Mike Clevenger said, 
hold my beer. And he came out and he got zero outs. The mm. Phillies responded with three in the bottom of the inning. The Reese Hoskins home run in the bottom of the first, you could say was the most important swing of the series behind obviously the Harper home run, which we, I promise we will get to because down four to zero, the Hoskins home run was like, we're not dead. Like this game's not over. The series is not over. Everyone relax. This game is going to take a long time. Totally agree. Because there was generally a sense of, uh Oh, <laughs> Clevenger, not loving that. And we'll get to Manaya in a second. But when you can when you can bounce back that quickly and just immediately make it a game uh, in in like three minutes, uh, yeah, you're 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 feeling good. So totally true. If we're talking about momentum, then it kind of settled in a little bit, and then now we're Nick Martinez. Let's give a shout out to Nick Martinez. What a postseason for him! That dude did his job. I believe he is a player option. We talked about Robert Suarez. You know, probably not taking his player option and going into free agency. Nick Martinez also could go make himself some nice money. He fits great on this team though. And credit to the Padres for, for trusting in him and acquiring him. What a, what a pickup. Cause he was amazing. I believe he threw three perfect innings uh, in relief yep, of, of Clevenger. So that was extremely impressive. That kind of calmed things down. Connor Brogdon was also tremendous. Uh, and Bilotti gave him a scoreless inning. So it felt like it was like, oh, wait a minute. I thought this was going to, you know, as, as you tweeted, you know, it's a 21 win by two. It actually sort of settled in there in the middle innings. It chilled out for a bit before Juan Soto hit a two-run homer to send the Padres back up six to four. And then Reese homered again. Reese homered again. He really did it. Were you, are you running on <laughs> congratulations did you just have the thread open because every time he came up to bat because it was like yeah yeah of course he's gonna homer again so from where i was sitting the press box is like above like the first base side of home plate kind of like looking down the third baseline mm-hmm. right and so every reese home run i had the perfect angle for it right because he would so hit it ready. and i'm looking at left field mm-hmm. And it just soars away from me, <laughs> and it's oh, majestic. What I loved, go ahead. Well, I just want to say can, we we talked about you know we we've known Reese, we interviewed him in Double A, he's a good friend, whatever. I I got a couple texts. I still get a lot of texts about 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 the the congrats on the home run dude uh, thread. So do you want to just give a quick background on that? It's not that complicated, but I just want to want to let people know because people have come more familiar with it as he's hit the biggest home runs of his life over the last two weeks. Nope. Don't want to explain it any further. <laughs> okay. Uh, game four <laughs> barreled towards the later innings. The Phillies tied it up. Uh, Harper hit a double to take the lead. Solo shots from Schwarber and Real Muto made it less close at the end. Phillies win 10-6. Okay. Here we are. Game five. One of the most exhilarating baseball games I have ever seen in person. And all, what it really was was a movie in which the whole thing exists for one final scene where it revolves around a moment, an idea, and everything just kind of is is exists in order to elevate it. Yes. And that's what last night was. And before we, we get to that moment, I just wanna wanna in terms of scene setting, there has been yeah. much discourse this postseason about oh roof. Build a roof. Roof's open. Weather sucks. Weather's ruining everything. 
This seemed to be the perfect amount of rain. Maybe a little too much. Maybe a little too much. It was getting a little sloppy there at one point. There, at one point, they panned back. I was like, that is a muddy infield. Now, they were doing some work in between. But it sure added to the drama to have the rain pouring down for most, if not all, of the game. It really, really did set. The, and again, for October as well. It's it, it, we, we always talk about how one thing that of all the postseason baseball we've seen at Dodger Stadium, one thing it always lacks is that everyone is, is wearing T-shirts. That's not October baseball. You got to be bundled the fuck up, man. You got to be in coats. You got to be in blankets. You got to be in ponchos. That's what this is. It. This is this is that's postseason baseball. And and boy did it deliver in Philadelphia. You got to boo to stay warm. Okay. If you if you're screaming, you're creating heat, and that's something you just can't replicate in the warm weather. Or in San Diego, this, I guess. I know it was raining there too, but not the same. Uh, Reese homers again they're <laughs> in, in the third inning, I think. Yep, third inning. Mm-hmm. Two, two run shot in the left field bleachers. And he just loses his mind again. What I love the most about Reese is that when he, he is a great example of an inbox athlete, right? Oh, the yeah, idea yeah. that in, when he's swinging a baseball bat, it looks somewhat graceful. Everything else looks so dorky and awkward. The way that he galloped down the line was so like objectively uncool. I loved it. Like I he- agree. I agree. But the other funny part about it, your point is totally spot on. But my my takeaway from that was like, Reese, if you keep hitting homers, you're going to have to come up with some new celebrations. And it seemed like he had this reaction of like, damn, I hit another home run. Like, I don't even really know. I already kind of unleashed my repertoire of let's fucking go energy <laughs> what do i do now we'll get i want to compare his reaction and the <laughs> yes, harper the reaction harper. in yes, a second yes, yes so reese homer's place goes nuts soto answers with a solo shot oh Soto! fast man. forward that was a rocket that was like <laughs> i think it was the second pitch uh yeah wheeler throws a ball and i don't know what he said i maybe this was talking about maybe not i'm sure it wasn't covered because there was a lot of things it was another one of those moments where before that pitch, he looked back and said something to Real Muto. And there are all kinds of stories like this with Soto, where Soto turns back and says to the catcher, like, hey, yeah, I'm about to homer here, so I'm just going to let you know. Like, hey, maybe don't throw that fastball again. Thwack. Just boom, out to center, oh, like 112 off the bat. And I, I listen, I know the Padres season is over. I am glad we got some Soto moments here in these last few games because it was a good reminder. A little too, too little too late, right? If he had heated up in September, this might be a different story. Um, but I'm glad we got those soda moments. Absolutely. And he was a good villain. Like every time he came up, the Philly crowd, he was public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's fast forward to the wild seventh inning. Just quickly, things get wet. They take Wheeler out. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yes, this is where I want to talk about Sir Anthony. So okay. it's pouring. Now it's really raining. It's getting It's getting wet and wild, right? Before the game... <laughs> there was a clip of Sir Anthony Dominguez playfully riding the tarp. I don't know if you saw this. It was a very it was a great clip that was going around. And everyone's like, ah, oh, like Philly's gonna clinch. Sir Anthony's loose. He's having a grand old time on the tarp. And I love it, right? I have no problem with this. This is the greatest thing ever. However, when Sir Anthony then comes in in the rain and has no idea where the ball is going because of the rain, it was just some hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> some hilarious juxtaposition to him riding on the tarp and then throwing three wild pitches. I believe he had three wild pitches all season. There was three wild pitches in one inning. He had no idea where it was going, and the Padres tied the game. Jordan. Yes. In the eighth inning, Bryce Harper hit a home run. Bryce Harper has hit many home runs. Bryce Harper has taken many swings of a baseball bat. We have seen it so many times, and you and I specifically, we grew up in the shadow of Bryce Harper. He was the first baseball superstar of the internet age. Mm-hmm. And you and I, being 27 years old, that's we're like the perfect amount of time behind Harper where we were able to idolize him with childish innocence, yet we were old enough to appreciate what he was. Like, we understood that this 16-year-old kid was hitting the ball 502 feet to the back of Tropicana Field, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the whole time since then, for whatever reason, I feel as if the expectations have stayed one step ahead of his accomplishments in the public perception to a certain point. And I think a big part of that has to do with Mike Trout. Because if Mike Trout isn't a generate like top five player in the history of the sport, basically, mm-hmm. then we're talking about Bryce Harper a lot more. But because they were linked and they came up around the same time, mm-hmm. it's more Harper is not Trout, right? And I think that that is true. But it has clouded what we think about Bryce Harper. And I think that yesterday, Bryce Harper reminded us that it is him, that it has always been him, that he has always been him, Jordan, (laughs) and that baseball, as Bryce Harper sees it, he is the center, he is the sun, and the baseball galaxy revolves around him. And you could see this when he homered. I wrote about this at Fox Sports. You could see this when he homered. Everyone went nuts. The dugout, the crowd, me. (laughs) But Bryce Harper's face didn't change. Stoic, expressionless, emotionless, as if he had expected to do this his entire life. And I think that is what I will take away and what struck me the most, that this was an assumption for him. He was like, of course I'm going to do that. I'm like Bryce Harper. Like, <laughs> duh. Everyone else is going nuts compared to Reese, who, you know, was a late, latish round pick and like out of a smaller school and was a bat for his first baseman who never thought he'd be playing for the Phillies. Bryce Harper, this is the moment that everyone his entire life was telling him he would accomplish. And last night he did. And I am very fortunate and humbled that I was able to see it in person. Quickly, before I echo a lot of your Harper sentiments, I asked this to some of our media friends in Houston for the Alvarez homer. Um, You joked, you went crazy. What was the press box reaction? And I don't know if you were in the main press box or or what, but but yeah. I was in the main press box. Mm -hmm. I was in the main press box, and I think for me, I didn't look around. Like I was just trying to look at the field. Totally fair. I don't remember anyone screaming. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember I don't remember anyone like losing it. I think I 
my mouth, like I think I dropped my jaw and I looked at our colleague Pedro Mora and was like, oh my God. And then turned back to the game. I mean, it yeah. was, I just wanted to take it all in, man. It was totally, totally. I blacked out. You know, hitters always say that they yeah, like hit a home run and they black. Like, I feel like I blacked out. Uh, so to, to, to your point, right. You know, we are the perfect age. We grew up in the DC area. So when the Nats, you know, draft him, it's like, holy shit, that dude's kind of come play here. And that's why I went when I was in high school, I snuck into his Hagerstown son's game to go see his, to get a picture with him and see his home debut. And like, for me, like, you know, that middle, so I've said this before, but baseball was not my priority you know, ages eight to 13. It wasn't. And Bryce Harper is a huge reason why I got back into baseball. We joked last week about jerks and profile. Once we were getting into prospects, that was a little bit later, but Bryce Harper as a mainstream star is a huge part of what got me back into being obsessed with baseball and eventually prospects. And so because of that, it is, he just means so much to me as just like a baseball fan. Um, and, and that was, that was that moment too. But the other thing that, that you're leaving, and you know this, but it is a combination of trout, which we talked about last week with Harper and Machado in particular, and, and Machado, right? But it's also just the, the nature of the postseason, right? And the, the casual baseball fan that isn't necessarily tuning in is not going to recognize this is, happens at all sports. And it's one of just the stupid things about how a lot of people watch sports and that's fine. We're who read a judge uh, fandom, but it's just like people don't take people seriously until they do it in the postseason. It, that's just kind of how that works. And as is obvious in baseball, one player cannot often change that. But what is so awesome about Bryce Harper and what he has shown us is that Put me in the goddamn postseason and watch what happens, right? That's what it is. He can't get himself to the postseason. It's baseball. It's not It's not possible, right? But once he's there, he's put up one of the best five. I don't know. I think he has currently a top five single postseason OPS ever, right? That's to your point. He delivered. He expected to be there. He did not shy away from it. He had even had some big moments, you know, with the Nats, right? The, the That iconic homer in San Francisco. The other thing it reminded me of was not just the home run derby when I remember thinking like, oh yeah, he's he's delivering exactly what he's supposed to do. He is a showman. Of course he's going to come and win home run derby in D.C. But then the next year when he goes back with the Phillies and he homers off, what was it, Jeremy Hellickson? <laughs> and, and we were there for that too. And and that's the thing. His life has been a movie. And to continue to literally deliver the exact moments that you expect over and over and over when it's expected is, is borderline unbelievable, but also exactly believable because that's his entire purpose here on earth. So, which will lead in, you know, we'll, we'll extend that thought as we move on to our World Series preview later this week, but we will table it for now. Uh, let's do some other big picture. The Phillies hold on. So, I mean, I guess we can talk about quickly who's pitching. Do we want to can we talk about Hater here quickly, or was there something else you wanted to say? So Robert Suarez is pitching in this moment for the Padres. I believe he came on to get in this in the seventh inning to get some outs, and he comes back out yes, for the eighth. Okay, he came in because uh, Stott leads off uh, the seventh with a double, so he does get all three outs in the seventh uh, after he comes in for Darvish. Comes back out. For the eighth, and he allows a leadoff single by JT Realmuto. Okay. Now at this point, you have Hater hot. Melvin has so he's Hader. there. So I, this is what I wanted to ask. Hater was was loose, right? He was he was warming. Hater was hot. Hater was ready. He was warming up in between innings. He was ready to go if need be. Okay. And you would think now, it's hard to fault Melvin for this decision. 
because he's caught between a rock and a hard place, in my opinion. You bring in Hader to face Harper, you got to get six outs from Hader and like Pierce Johnson, right? Because <laughs> very few guys are available after the bullpen mayhem yesterday. Sure. H- Hader's not giving you six outs. He's just not, right? So you maybe you get a Harper, but then what do you do in the ninth? Now, the response to that would be, you have to get Bryce Harper. Like, you can't win if you don't get Bryce Harper. Let uh, Pierce Johnson pitch to Brandon Marsh. Like, whatever. Right? Exactly, right. It's, you're at the bottom of the order. You got to deal with the middle right now. Mm-hmm. And I here's something I believe. This is maybe ludicrous. I think Bryce Harper would have homered off of Josh Hader. <laughs> like, he was just... There was no way he wasn't going to do that. And I know that it's like a way worse matchup and that's a disqualifying thing for me to say out loud. Right. But faith moves in funny ways. I I love the take of not just, well, Harper could have done something against Hater. I love the take of just like, well, he was going to Homer literally no matter what. Like if you petitioned to Rob Manford between the innings, Hey, can we actually bring in uh, 2001 Randy Johnson here? And Manford was like, yes, totally fine. Go for it, man. Homer. Homer. <laughs> um, Homer. I kind of agree with you. Um, the thing that I'm a little, and listen, every manager decision in October, with hindsight 20, blah, blah, blah. This is how this works. He's going to get crushed for it. I would have put in Hater. Sure, easy for me to say. The, Melvin's saying after the game, we didn't even think about it. First of all, seems like a lie because Hater was ready before the inning. <laughs> so I don't know why you would go that far. Uh, but also, it's like I I would almost rather him say like, yeah, it was a tough decision, and we went with Suarez. Hater said they asked Hater about it. He's like, Suarez has been the man all year. Like I don't I don't so Hater. I mean, taking the high road. My goodness, right? To to say this, um, but it's true, right? I mean, what have we been saying all October? Holy shit, Robert Suarez. Sure, I would I like with Hater too. Um, and Hater not pitching at all in Philadelphia. That's the other part of it too. He didn't even he didn't even get in in one game in Philly. So. Listen, it's probably questionable, but is it the worst managerial decision of all time? No, it's not. Bob Melvin saying we didn't even consider it. I like Bob Melvin. I think you should have at least considered it. That is my thing. This is what I'm saying. That. He definitely considered it. There's no <laughs> like, like it's, he was he was already getting this anyway. Okay, so that's that. We move on. But to your point, Harper was going to homer against no matter who it was. So we go to the ninth. <laughs> David Robertson. This was a great shot. They show the Phillies bullpen going crazy because of the Harper homer, and I believe. Um, who do we who do we talk to about this or who who or maybe I've I've heard Daniel Hudson talk about this before in the Nats wildcard game when they took the lead unexpectedly and the whole bullpen was going crazy and he was like holy shit I gotta get I gotta warm up like I, I gotta get ready and David Robertson same thing where you can see the Phillies bullpen going crazy and he looks and he's like holy shit I gotta close out this game to go to the World Series he comes in doesn't quite do that <laughs> they go to. Ranger Suarez to get the last two outs. Trent Grisham with the most bizarre bunt in baseball history. Runners on first and second, one out, lays it down. Ranger Suarez, the best fielding pitcher in baseball, by the way. Super weird decision. And then uh, Austin Ola flies out. Phillies go to the World Series. Yeah. There you go. Done and dusted. Place goes berserk. Uh, <laughs> I'm dancing on my own. Uh, every, I'm actually writing a story on my own. Is really what it was. Um, I'm just goes writing the down game to the field on my own. On my own. Uh, 
I had a longtime baseball scribe des- uh, describe their locker room celebration as the craziest non-World Series celebration they had ever seen. They had never seen an entire team smoking cigars inside during a press uh, Dude, during I a saw celebration. Some cigarettes. I saw a picture with Nick Nelson rocking some some some. I don't even know what some Marlboros. <laughs> Let's talk about the cigarettes. Okay. Let's talk about the cigarettes. Jordan, what do you know about me and cigarettes? Uh, you've had one in your life. No. Oh, I oh, allow you, myself. Oh, you allow yourself one every uh, under extreme circumstances. <laughs> no, I love cigarettes. Okay, everyone, I'm willing to say that in public. That's a problem. Okay, I don't want to love cigarettes. I love them. They, I they, I enjoy them. Yeah, but I know can they're we, bad. Can for we clarify, me. like, let's for people that don't know Jake. This is not. You don't smoke a lot. You're getting there. Well, this is what I'm getting there, Jordan. I allow myself one cigarette a year. I get one per calendar year. Okay? That is my uh, quotia. Quota. Quota. Sorry. Quotia? What the fuck? Quotient? Anyway, yesterday I was offered my first cigarette of the year by one Mr. Matt Veerling, who was walking around the clubhouse with a pack of cigarettes, handing them out to people. And he came up to me and he said, hey, man, want one? And he fished into his pocket and pulled out the wettest, soggiest cigarette I had ever seen. It was disgusting. And I said, Mr. Veerling, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to pass on that. So I still have not had my 2022 cigarette. All right. Well, there's still a couple months left. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to fit it in. Okay. Anything else from the Philly celebration? Then we have to say goodbye to the Padres and then we got to take a break. I, Bryce Harper acting like a kid in the locker room, jumping up and down to dancing on my own. And like, he, in some ways had a very different childhood than the rest of us did. Right. (laughs) And for him compared to Reese, like baseball is fun. Like Reese actively and obviously enjoys playing the sport. And I think that there are times where, because Bryce feels so destined to do this, at least outwardly, he's not enjoying his ball to the same extent. Bryce enjoyed his ball yesterday in the locker room. And I was very happy that he got to do that, to see the guy we watched as a kid, as an adult, be a kid was very cool. Um, Other than that, man, I mean, yeah, it's just a whirlwind in there, as you heard earlier on in the show. I, I would love to do a whole show about how drunk do these guys actually get Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It really runs the spectrum. I love Bryson Stott, who doesn't drink, just being one of the most, like, obviously, or the guy who's acting the most drunk doesn't drink, which I love. <laughs> He's just that guy. But yeah, that's that's that. Um, it was cool. I will listen. World Series. Plenty more Phillies to talk about uh, in the upcoming week and weeks. So we'll, we'll cut it there. All right. The 2022 San Diego Padres. What will we remember about them? Uh, before we get to you know their free agents and who might not be on the team next year, what will we actually remember about this team? Well, for me, the obvious thing, and we 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 you know we ended kind of with it, is that Juan Soto did eventually show up. He did not have a great regular season, but the reality is he did show up 
when their season was on the line, he tried to extend it even further. And AJ Preller pushing all the chips in to bring him in at the deadline, even before we knew that Tatis wasn't going to play a single game in 2022, was one of the more defining trades that we will ever have. And a good reminder that he is still going to be around for at least the next two seasons, which is very important <laughs> when you trade uh, your entire farm system away. So Juan Soto is the first thing that comes to mind. Tatis is another one, but I'm glad that Soto did show up. And as 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 for all the people that were booing him in Philadelphia, and by the way, it was ridiculous. Everyone was making fun of him for being a Gold Glove finalist. You think Juan Soto believes he should be a Gold Glove finalist? Of course not. Like that's not his fault. Don't be clowning on him for that. That's just the goofy uh, uh, reality of the system. But I will think of Juan Soto. I will think of Josh Hader pitching terribly, pitching amazingly, and then not pitching. Hader tells a big part of that season as well. Hader will be back next year though, so. I'm sure he will he will play a big role in their 2023 team uh, as well. I'll think of Jorge Alfaro, who did not play at all in the postseason, but walked off like six games in the regular season and giving us the let's fucking go San Diego uh, <laughs> a meme, so-called, for the whole season. Uh, I will think about Will Myers buying shots after winning the division series against the Dodgers. And I will think about Manny Machado generally also delivering in, in a lot of the similar ways that Bryce Harper uh, did, just not quite as much. And perhaps we saw the reason that Manny Machado was the third pick and Bryce Harper was the first pick. That's not to hit on Manny That's, too much. He was he was delightful, <laughs> but it did feel like that was maybe slightly the difference there. <laughs> well, yeah, Jamison Tyon would have homered a little more <laughs> than Manny and a little less than Bryce. Yeah. Anything else from the uh, the twenty two? I mean, listen, they, they were a great team, right? They had a great season. It was shitty how it ended. I do think that the Phillies certainly proved hotter and maybe more complete um but both of these teams were flawed and and it just it just wasn't wasn't quite there for the Padres and I think they're going to be really good again next year uh but this does feel like something of a missed opportunity I think it's a happy sad Jordan mm-hmm. you're right that maybe it is a missed opportunity because you can't beat the Dodgers every year <laughs> you just won't but they did it this year they did. and in a lot of ways that was the World Series for them. Now, someone on Twitter heard me say that on a previous show and was like, fuck you, like, we want to win the whole thing. And obviously you do. But beating the Dodgers is like when Ohio State beats Michigan. But way, but like if Michigan was smaller. Does that make sense? Anyway, they're like the Padres were the little brother. They've been the little brother, right? The Dodgers were the dragon up the freeway or whatever the hell. And, like, the Padres beat them, and that's significant. And just because you don't win the World Series doesn't mean you can't play those highlights from that DS over and over and over and over again at home and in the stadium. As you should. Uh, Free agents, look, we will all – we'll get Fernando late April next year. We will get the Fernando, Manny Machado, Juan Soto team. But Will Myers probably done in San Diego unless they for some reason want to bring him back. I assume they will not be exercising the $20 million club option. Uh, Profar player option, Nick Martinez player option, Robert Suarez player option, all those guys could hit free agency. And then, yeah, Clevenger, Manaya, who were big parts of the rotation, not that they were great down the stretch. And then Josh Bell, who they acquired mid-year, uh, also hitting. And then Brandon Jury, right, a couple, another guy who they acquired mid-season. So there will definitely be some holes to fill here. We know AJ Preller will be active. Can he win the offseason once again? I don't know how that will be possible, honestly. I guess he could somehow sign one of the short snobs to play left. <laughs> Like, I don't really know what it's going to take, uh, but I, <laughs> I love the idea. AJ Preller wow, the Padres have some holes. I wonder how AJ Preller will go about <laughs> filling them. 
<laughs> He'll do something. We know that. All right. Uh, goodbye to the Padres. What a season for you. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to say adios to the 2022 New York Yankees. Hey, everyone. This is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow, a Sirius XM podcast, inviting you to join me three, yes, three times a week for NFL analysis that goes beyond the low-hanging fruit. On Mondays, we react to the biggest stories of the NFL weekend. On Wednesdays, we pick one topic to really dig in on. And on Fridays, I'll give you all the fantasy football advice you need in just 15 minutes. We call it the Fantasy 15. Download new episodes of the NFL Roadshow right now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on Baseball Barbacast, the second half of our Let's Send Teams to the World Series show. We're going to talk about the Astros and Yankees. Now, Jake, uh, (laughs) unlike the Phillies and Padres, which just had a lot of joyful back and forth and chaos and bad baseball, this was quite simply an annihilation by the Astros of Houston uh, of the Yankees of New York. Um, I know you watched the Yankees all year long. Maybe that's a good place to start. Were you surprised at all by the result, by, by, by this being a sweep in this fashion as someone who watched many a Yankees game in person this year? I thought they'd get one. I thought the gap between them and the Astros was massive, but I thought they'd get one. And I thought it would either be Garrett Cole being a big boy or Nestor just nestering people into submission. But that's not what happened. They got swept. And <laughs> it 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 is does raise the question, like, was this team fake all along? Right? We're doing the Mets thing again. New York really going through it. <laughs> Correct. And, like, them getting to play Cleveland in that series, a team that couldn't hit the ball over the fence. Does Seattle just smoke the Yankees and this is an even more disastrous season if those two teams play? I don't know. But did it surprise me that they didn't win a game? I think the answer to that question always has to be yes, right? Like not winning one is such an embarrassment. Losing both on your home field is such an embarrassment. That being said, I don't think this team and most specifically the bottom of this lineup as currently constructed gave me any sort of faith that this team was actually good. I picked them to lose to Cleveland, Jordan. (laughs) No, I know. That's true. I said this on the last episode. Like, I think the LeMayhew-Benintendi injuries, particularly for the issues that this lineup were having, were a big deal. Do I think they would have swung the series? No, I think they maybe would have gotten one or two games (laughs) because the Astros outclassed them in so many ways. This was not like 17 and 19 where it was some epic back and forth, some similar star power, and, you know, the Astros just got the last punt. This was just an embarrassment, a pantsing, as we will say. Game three, Javier, one hit. This year in Yankee Stadium, 12 and a third, one hit allowed, <laughs> 18 strikeouts. He's their four starter. Like, this is this is how much better the Astros were. And we have been screaming at the whole postseason. It's not like we're that surprised by it. But man, and and Cole was good, and credit to Eric Cole again with incredibly insightful and and thoughtful answers after his loss in Game Three. And then here's here's the shame. Part of me wants to go through all the back and forth in Game Four, but as it was happening, it was so funny because every time I was like, wow, 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 I was like, they're down three zero, doesn't fucking matter. Like <laughs> they don't come back from this. That's not how this works. Uh, this is also the thing to to bring up because I think people will want us to mention this. How did you feel about Aaron Boone? 
for some reason admitting that they sh- showed video of the Red Sox coming back against them in 04 before the game to be like, hey, yeah, this can happen. You know, let's just get one. Don't let us get one. How do you feel about that? My, my biggest take is, why would you admit that? Why would you say that out loud? If you want to you use it as, if you think it's you're going to use it as motivation and you think that the 2022 Yankees don't care about the Yankees, like, that's fine. You can make that decision. I, 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 that's all right. If you want to do that in your clubhouse, I'm fine with that. Why, why would you say that? Why would you say that out loud? I, I just don't understand that part. <laughs> that's an unforced error, Jordan. <laughs> it's just unnecessary. Oh I God. also think it's cheesy and probably doesn't have any type of impact 100%, on any player. 100%. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, Johnny Damon homered and did, like when I was nine, like whatever. Uh, the other thing is, again, I, we don't have to go through the whole back and forth of game four. It was a great game. And this was the thing. Going into this game, I've never seen Yankees fans in this mood of, you know, tickets were $20. Yes, the weather was shit. But they were like, well, here Jordan, we go. Jordan, Jordan, yeah. we need to talk about the tickets. Oh, okay, sure. Bitch, you can't buy anything in New York for $20. Okay? You I can't buy a beer tea. or a sandwich. You can't get a, a subway swipe for $20. Okay? And you could see a Yankees postseason game for $20? That's cheaper than like a Tuesday afternoon against, you know, the Orioles. And let me tell you, there were fans that went there for 20 bucks, And for the first two innings, they were like, this is the greatest purchase of my life i don't care if the yankees come back in the series i am watching the yankees win an alcs game for 20 bucks that should not be possible and i think i would have to do real research on this but i have an inkling that maybe it being 20 bucks opened the door to a a type of person who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford a postseason game and therefore the crowd for those first couple innings was a little bit more let's say thankful sure, or sure. genuine we, about the experience and wasn't like coming straight from their Goldman Sachs job. A hundred percent. And so much of this too was like, again, watching that first two innings, they, I've, ne- I've never seen a team. It wasn't even like, Oh, we're screwed. It was just like, Hey, like, here we go. Last game of the year. Let's just go have a time at the, at the old stadium. And, and then when they go up big, it was like, Oh my God, let, let's just have fun. Let's just have a fun time. And then to still end up, with a gut punch, multiple gut punches, they give up multiple leads, was one, a reminder of just how much better the Astros are. And two, just like, yep, this is just what this team deserved because they were just outclassed in every way and they couldn't even hang on to a lead like this. Uh, you know, the play, the, the, the muff double play, uh, you know, in the seventh, that was really the whole thing. You can argue whether that was Torres, whether that was IKF, whatever. The point is, like I said before, you're down 3-0. You, it, why nitpick? You lost the series two games ago. It was You could argue it was over from the start because the Astros were that much better. And so there you go. And I'm glad, finally, that Aaron Boone, after the game, said, they're better. They are what we are aspiring to be. Not the roof was open. Not a couple of bounces go our way. He said, they kicked our ass. They're way better. And we got to figure out how to fucking get to that point. That's all you can say. That is the best thing that Aaron Boone can possibly say. And I don't know what they're going to do to fix it because they got some big decisions to come up. To say, they have any free agents uh, coming out this offseason? I'm not sure. Um, but, man, I'm, that, is all, that is what you need to hear. Because it, saying, ah, you know, it's close. We, well, you, you can't say that. You got your ass kicked. Go figure out how to get even close to as good. There is a prevailing sentiment that floats around Yankee world. 
that their franchise is the main character of the baseball universe and everyone else exists in order to prop them up and act as a character foil for their exploits. Hence the, I'm not hence saying the, this is something... The phrase future Yankee, right? Future Yankee, exactly. Anyone homers in a Midwest town and they're a future <laughs> Yankee, right? I am not saying Aaron Boone believes this. I'm not saying Aaron Judge believes this. But what I am saying is this sentiment percolates throughout the entire organization, the entire experience. And I think there is a level of, like, that's understandable to a point. There's a reason that, you know, seven-year-olds in Copenhagen are wearing Yankee hats. Like, 27 rings is more. It is the most, right? They've had the largest cultural footprint on the sport of any team. I understand that. But when that idea, that energy permeates things like team construction or lineup construction or you know whatever it's irrational because the Yankees are not the center of the baseball universe right now or maybe anymore and maybe the I would assume that one day they will be again right but the fact of the matter is that right now the Houston Astros are they are that as far as winning games on the field now is you know Casper in Denmark, going to rock a Houston hat? No, probably not. But that's a different conversation about culture. <laughs> For Boone to recognize the problem, the first step is understanding and recognizing a problem. And he did do that yesterday, which makes me think that there is hope. There is hope for Yankee fans around the corner. If, like, you can't just assume you're going to go out and beat people because your uniforms have pinstripes on them. That's not how it works. You nope. can't do that if the bottom three to four hitters in your lineup are, you know, swinging a Swiss cheese bat up there. Yeah, and so so that's really what it is. But even a healthy team, and hey, the Astros don't have Michael Brantley. You think they couldn't have used him? It's not like the Astros' offense has been completely unbelievable. And if there's one thing the Phillies should be scared about, it's that Jordan is heating back up. We don't we don't like that. But we'll talk about the World Series later this week. The point is, as far as the 2022 Yankees go, of course, everyone loves when the Yankees get eliminated. But this one was it was a different kind of tone. This one and Yankees fans, I think the Yankees fans that we like and respect and, and care about their opinion will say the same thing, which is that they were not anywhere close to good enough and that they better freaking, you know, accept that um, because this is the whole team in May when you were a billion games over 500 and you're looking ahead to the World Series, you still knew you were going to have to beat Houston. And to finally get to that point and have this happen to you is is obviously embarrassing on, on many levels. All right. Uh, goodbye to the Yankees. Aaron Judge, will he be back? Uh, yeah, probably. But we have plenty of off-season podcasts to discuss that, so we're not going to go too deep on uh, on Aaron Judge. Oh, and last thing, Harrison Bader, we salute you. I wrote about it a little bit for Fox over the weekend, but maybe let's not judge our trades uh, on the day that they are made because Brian Cashman has a lot, you get a lot to criticize, but it looks like he nailed that one, and I'm happy for Harrison Bader and his mouth guard who was just enough. tremendous. Enough of the mouth guard. Yeah. Enough of the mouth weird. guard. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but he was he was fantastic. All right. Uh, Astros going to the World Series again. Of course they are. We'll talk about Dusty and all that next episode. Um, you can email us at baseballbarbicast at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-Cast. Let us know how you're feeling about the, the old World Series, the fall classic. And I'm super excited. It's a super fun matchup. Astros versus the NL East round three. <laughs> we'll see how it goes for them. All we'll get into all those narrative storylines and whatnot. 
later this week. But thank you for listening. And uh, Jake, I hope you catch your train back to New York. Any final thoughts? Oh, thank you to Chris Tyler, of course, for producing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. World Series is here. Yeah, my train leaves in about 25 minutes. So I'm right. going to ski daddle faster right. than Jose Azokar running home. What a hilarious reference. That's pinch runner Jose Azokar to you. All right. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back later this week with our World Series preview. Serious XM Podcasts.